Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Amen, amen. Hey, can we lift up the name of Jesus? Come on, does anybody love Jesus? If you love Him, would you let Him know? Come on, give Him a shout of praise. Come on, He is worthy, worthy, worthy. Come on, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. He is worthy. Would everybody just lift your hands with me right now all across this place. Father, we feel Your power, Your presence right now. Holy Spirit, You are welcome. Come right now. Come and move right now. Come and touch every single person's life in this room right now. Holy Spirit, You are welcome to move. Come and heal. Come and touch. Come and deliver. Come and do only what You can do. Holy Spirit, You are welcome right now. Come and move in our midst. Fill this church. Fill this atmosphere now. Holy Spirit, we love You. Holy Spirit, You are welcome. Come on, does anybody love the Holy Spirit? Come on, is there any Pentecostals in the house this morning? Come on, anyone, any believers this morning? Come on, would you lift up again the Name of Jesus, the Name above all names. He is worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you may take your seats. I better get into it because I'm here for a good time, not a long time. All right, praise God. Pastor Phil and Krista, thank you so much for having me. And as you know, we have been friends for many, many years. We go all the way back to Gippsland. I'll leave it at that. And um, <laughs> the cure for narcissism. Anyway, we, we, let's get into the Word of God. Uh, it's such an honour to be here today. It's, it's actually um, here at Shiloh. It's so awesome. It's um, actually, it's, um, it's good to be here. I just, I just wanted to... That's the first time you've ever heard that, isn't it? You've never heard that before. And uh, no, so I, I, uh, I've got to tell you my, basically how, how, how this all happened, why I'm here today. I know my grandfather, he, he passed it actually around this area in Anala. I'm sure it's somewhere around here. I'm not quite sure, but passed it here years and years ago. And um, I, I grew up in the church. Like uh, I, I've got to tell you this story. Go all the way back to the beginning. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yes? Anyone ready? Buckle up, put your seatbelts on. Maybe you don't have to. You can actually walk around the cabin if you like. Feel free to jump up and shout and do whatever you want uh, during this service because, amen, I just saw the best, somebody here is wearing the best shirt I've ever seen in my life. It's a Liverpool shirt. Praise God. The best football club in the world. Yes, that's right. I was going to wear mine today, but Pastor Phil said not to. And um, it's good to... Welcome, welcome. I just want to say welcome. And, um, and so I, I was born in this, at a very young age, and um, in this little country town, if you blink, you miss it, it's called Adelaide. And um, a lot of people say the best thing about Adelaide is the road back to Melbourne. And I, I, I grew up there and I, I, from a family of pastors my whole life, 
That's all I've known is church. Is anyone like that? You grew up in church. Any pastors, kids here? No, none, two, four. There's more. I see that hand. And I, I grew up in church. All I've known is church. My, 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 my dad's a pastor. I'm pretty sure he's coming here. Is that next Sunday? Next Sunday. My dad's a pastor. My mum's a pastor. My grandfather, my great uncle. It goes on and on and on. All the way back, to, you can trace it back to Paul. And... Um, <laughs> All I've known is church, right? That's all I've known. Grown up in church, experienced church. I experienced the power of God. I've I, I seen God move so wildly. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was six years of age. It's quite a radical story. A, a, a travelling itinerant came from, from America, Helen Ivizovich, and she came over to Adelaide, said, who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I was six years of age. I didn't know she was fresh out of Kenneth E. Hagen's Bible school, the last one uh, that he was alive for. To, and, and she prays for me. I go flying back, filled with the Holy Ghost, bang, the power of God, couldn't stop shaking and, 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 and speaking in tongues for three days. Went to school the next day for show and tell, laid hands on everybody, filled them with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> spoke in tongues over the school, got in trouble. Um, <laughs> It was a uniting church school, so dad gets a phone call, all the rest of it. I'm pretty sure he referred to it as glossolalia and we don't practice that. Anyway, power of God. I've seen the power of God move, but I've never seen anybody healed. Not once, not, not in church, seen deliverance, seen wild things happen in church, but I'd never seen God's hand heal somebody instantly. And I'd always wondered where, where, where is God's power today? Does it move in our lives? Does it move for me? Will it operate? Yeah, I sure. I've heard stories. I used to watch YouTube. I saw it happen in Africa. I saw it in China. I saw it in, in South America. But here, today, where I lived, in this little country town, God, do you still move? And I mean, I, I, I grew up differently. I grew up in church. Parents were pastors. My whole life has been about church. I mean, I didn't go to parties. I went to prayer meetings, anyone like that, right? You know, church rules, like there's church rules. When you grew up in church, you couldn't wear shorts to church or rip jeans or anything like that. That's just normal church rules, yeah? Yeah, collars were starting to phase out, like my age, but you know, normal church rules, 30 centimetres, you know, between the opposite sex, allow room for the Holy Ghost, all that sorts of stuff. It was normal church rules. But in my household, we had, we had extra rules. Did anyone have extra rules? One person, two, I had extra rules. In my household, we weren't allowed to be sick. It was against the rules. My mum, if she found out that you were sick, you better watch yourself. You're in trouble. You were in trouble. I remember coughing or, or waking up, you know, not feeling quite right. And all of a sudden I hear the pantry door swing open, bang. All of a sudden footsteps come down the hallway and then anointing me in olive oil, blip, 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 all over my head. Shut up, 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 you're going to school. That was how I grew up. It was different. It was extra. Her name is Karen, by the way, so it sort of makes sense. She is extra. I, like, to be honest, like I, grew, like, I don't know. I've heard stories about other people's homes and what it's like, but, you know, I, I didn't have that experience. I grew up in a house where this was my mum's house and I was renting it for just a little time and I was under her roof. Anyone grow up in this house? A couple of people. It's getting less hands as I ask more questions. And... and uh, 
And so I remember once it was like, it was one past seven and I should have been up having breakfast and ready already, you know, and I hear these thunderous footsteps coming down the hallway. Has anyone experienced this before? The boom, 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 boom. Like, why aren't you up yet footsteps? And I'm like, oh no, Lord, I should have just got up. I didn't feel well, right? I was like, I was in bed. I was sick. I needed nurturing. I needed my mama. And so I hear these footsteps and I start panicking already. Bang, 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 bang down the hallway. Here comes my mum. And 701, why aren't you up? And I've heard, I've heard stories about people growing up in households where they'd have this, um, honey, um, darling, is um, everything okay? I didn't grow up in this house. I have no clue what you're talking about. If someone tells me something like, I hear thunderous steps and I hear this door go, like that, bang, hits the wall. And the door would hit the wall and then fling back and hit my mum. And, and, uh, and I'm like, already I'm praying, Lord, why did you do that? Why did you make the door fling back and hit my mum? And I'll be like, Mom, she's like, why aren't you up? And I'll be like, I don't feel good, Mom. I don't feel good. This is my, the house I grew up in. Well, get on your knees and pray. And I'd be like, okay, I'll slither out, lie on the floor, start to intercede. I remember this time exactly because I was booked in to have a, a barrier meal because I had stomach ulcers. She yells at me, get on the floor and pray like this. Seven o'clock in the morning. I prayed, it was about 3, 3 p.m. I stopped praying because the pain left. It was all gone. Went back, had all these tests, completely healed. This is the house I grew up in, right? House I grew up in. And so life goes on. I'm 27 years of age. I get asked to pastor this church, be a campus pastor. And I'm pastoring this church and all of a sudden, 27, I start doing this church. Man says goodbye to me, he's on the door. He'd been a part of the church for 24 years, rides his motorbike off, gets hit by a car at the intersection, winds up in hospital, he's bleeding out. I get asked quickly, you've got to come. Fred's in the hospital, you've got to pray for him. I go to the hospital, they wouldn't let me in because I was too young. They said I wasn't a pastor and I didn't have a collar. So I'm praying from the outside, praying, praying, believing. But... but Fred passed away. Did my first funeral. I've never done a funeral before. 27, you know, most people are out partying, living, living their lives, living the dream, whatever. Here I am doing my first funeral. All of a sudden, next month, woman in our church, brain aneurysm. Go to the hospital, pray for her, she dies. Another month goes past. Another person, cancer. It's a girl that I grew up with, went to school with, graduated in high school. We went to high school together. She was in the UK teaching. She gets uh, crazy sick, starts to, you know, experience all these conditions, go gets tested. She's stage four cancer. Comes back to Australia, finds herself in the church. She says, I remember you. And, and do you believe in healing? I said, yes, I believe in healing. She said, well, I'm away from the Lord. She gives her life back to Jesus. But two weeks later, she passed away. End up doing the funeral. The whole school's there. My graduating year. Most of them were more surprised that I was a pastor than anything else. But seven gave their lives to Jesus that day. Goes on. One after another. More than 10 people passed away in less than 10 months that I started. 
I was feeling upset. I'll tell you what, that was an understatement. Depressed, beside myself, crying out to God. God, do you still heal? Do you still set free? Come on, I don't know if if anyone's ever been in this circumstance at the hospital gates or in the car park crying out to God saying, God, where are you in all this? I believe in your Word. Mark 16 is one of my favourite passages, the Great Commission. Go into all the world. To whoever believes, these signs will follow you. I'm like, Lord, I believe. I believe you will cast out devils. Does that make anyone nervous? It's like the first thing that Jesus says, cast out demons. Yeah, I was like, all right, all right, Jesus. Let us, let it, next thing, speak in other tongues. Oh, hey, shut up. You know, it's like, whoa, straight away, Jesus is letting us know. It just keeps getting weirder, doesn't it? Stand on snakes, pick up snakes. You know, has anyone here got like a Bible bucket list, right? There's things you want to do before you kick the bucket. Is anybody like that? You've like, I, I want to experience, I want to see the dead raised. Hello? Like, is any, like hands on the sink, they will recover. All these sorts of things. Walk on water was a big one when I was a kid, but it's sort of, it's, you know, fading out. I remember every Christmas time we'd go to my grandfather's pool and we'd go, okay, this is the year. This is the year. Mum, watch. Are you ready? This is it. It's about to happen. It's about to get boom. And we just go, okay, all right, Lord. Okay, we're going to do the fast approach. We're going to run across. Get three steps. I got three steps. Dad's like, you did not. You were sinking halfway before. Anyone ever? No? Okay, so you grew up different to me. Okay, we were baptising each other. Who wants to be baptised? There's kids. (laughs) Different life. And... um, Bible bucket list. Anyone ever wanted to like handle snakes? Is that huge on anyone's list? Like you got this and you're just like, I just want to experience that. Never have, want to, just want to tick that off the list. No? Well, if you do, I can help you because I love fishing. I love fishing so much. I'll stand all day in the pouring rain and just fish for nothing and get absolutely nothing for it. I will do that happily. There's something that happens. Every time I go fishing, I seem to encounter a snake. It's weird, right? I, 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 I want to tell you this time, right? There's this time I was fishing in this place called Robinson's Beach in Gippsland, and, and I'm there, and all of a sudden, we're in the, I'm in the boot of the car. I'm going through the car. I'm looking through the car. I'm getting my tackle box, getting my rods out, getting every, all the gear out. And, and my, my brother-in-law who gets out the car, he's standing next to me and he goes, like this, oi, snake. Like literally with that much enthusiasm in his voice. Now, I don't know many of you, but I would say it a bit more enthusiastic than that, right? Oi, snake. And I, I go, where... Um, I'm like in the book on um, where, 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 where is it? Before I even get those words out of my mouth, I feel cold, scaly snake head going across my right foot. Now you've got to understand something. It's, it's Australia and it's summer. I've got my, I've got my safety boots on. I've got, I've got thongs on my feet, right? Short, short, singlet top. Right, I'm going fishing. It's summer. And all of a sudden, I feel this. And I look down and it's an eastern brown snake going across my right foot. Goes across my right foot, proceeds to go to my left foot. 
and then travels up the inside of my leg. It keeps going, wrapping itself around and goes into my shorts. I'm like, at this moment, I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure what to do right now. I do not, like, what is going on in the snake's mind? I'm thinking all these things like, what do I do? What would David Amperin do? I'm thinking, you know, oh, oh, deadly 60. I'm going, what, what should I do? What do I do right now? I'm afraid I did the complete opposite. I screamed like a little girl and I kicked, like I flailed and, and kicked and full on like uh, Sadio Mo Salah, top right. I hit this thing, I kicked it so hard, it went under the car. We never saw it to this day. We don't know what happened to the snake, but it doesn't stop there, people. Same place, I'm down there again fishing with my family this time. And I, I'm, I'm fishing in the beach. And you know, it's always for me, one last cast, one last cast, one last cast. And we keep going. And I said to my family, hey, you guys, you guys get a head start. You go to the car and I'll just have one more cast. And I saw them starting to get close to the bridge and they're going to walk across. And I thought, I better go now. Otherwise, I'm going to get in trouble. So I start walking across. And you've got to understand, it's summertime. Thongs on my feet. Always got to make sure I'll tell you where they are. Shorts, shorts singlet top and, and I'm walking across the sand right at the beach and I'm going as flat out and you know when you get that march on has anyone ever had that experience you get that march going and your thongs start to make that clapping sound you know that sound have you ever had the double clap you know that's when you know you're really on a mission you got a purpose in life and I'm doing this and I'm walking across this beach and all of a sudden out of this little shrubbery comes this Snake, it's an eastern brown again. It goes flying across the sand and it literally, as I'm stepping, it goes between my heel and my thong. I clap the snake in my thong. Like this. goes like this. The snake didn't know what hit it. It literally does this manoeuvre where it flings itself up like this. It goes like, it literally went like that. It goes whoop like this and then goes and then just takes off and goes back into the bush. And I go, that, that is right. That is right. I will stand on you. <laughs> Everywhere my foot, my heel is coming. You know, this thing will not, you know, fast forward later on, a lady in our church gets bit by a tiger snake passes out in with, with a few seconds, ambulance are coming. The guy rings me and says, hey, my wife's been bit by a snake. She's like non-responsive. I said, put the phone on her body. She puts the phone on her body. She's in the ambulance. I said, right now in the name of Jesus, I command, get up. She wakes up in the ambulance. By the time they get to the hospital, she's completely healed. There's nothing wrong with her. Absolutely nothing. Come on, you will stand on snakes and scorpions. It shall by no means hurt you or harm you. Amen. Amen. So here we go. I get told I'm in this place of like, what am I supposed to do? God, do you heal? God comes to me and says, I'm in the backyard of my town. And um, it's this town called Morwell. Has anyone ever heard of it? All right, you're all here. That's the whole population. Welcome to church. It's great to see you. And um, I'm in the, in the backyard and I'm mowing the lawn. And at the time, there's more well mine fires on. 
And if you don't know, the, the fire got into the mine. It burned for 43 days or something like that, billowing black smoke into our backyard. And we, we had to wear masks. It was like a prophetic thing. I don't know. Um, we had to wear 2014. And, and, and I'm in the backyard and I'm crying out to God saying, God, what do I do? And he says to me, this scripture, Daniel, it's time to redig the wells. I said, what wells? He said, it's time to redig the wells of your father. I went, my father, my earthly father, he said, no, the fathers that started the Pentecostal movement in Australia founded it on prayer. It's time to redig the wells of prayer to see a revival. Come on, to see a great revival. I remember, I remember running inside, going, open up my scriptures, I opened up the Bible and found this scripture, Genesis 26. If you've got your Bibles, 18, it says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. It's time to redig the wells. I said, it's time to redig the wells. God starts to show me, this is what I want you to do. I want you to devote your life to prayer. And I was a person, I thought I prayed until God told me to pray, right? I start praying. I start believing. And I prayed for years and years and years, for hours, for hours, for hours before I saw anything. And then all of a sudden, one day, one day I prayed for my niece who had eczema, eczema between her elbows here and her knees, behind her knees. She was at school and I thought, why not? I'm just gonna pray here. And I prayed for her. Three days later, she's completely healed, completely healed. Fast forward to like recently, I was in Fiji, prayed for a young girl. She had leprosy on her hands. Her hands were falling apart, bleeding, all split and crackling. Mother didn't know what to do. They threw the baby, this young girl, into my hands. And I'm standing there. Her hands are in my hands. And I'm like, Lord, you better be here. You know, have anyone ever had one of those moments? Like, Lord, something better happen right now. And pray for this girl. Go back a year later. Mum comes running down the front, bringing, I recognise them straight away. Her hands were completely healed. No more leprous hands, no more falling apart. It was completely healed. So I go on this journey of prayer. Find myself seeing all these healings. We saw broken bones healed. Soccer injuries, people's feet being healed straight away. Arms, like a, a lady came from Queensland down to our church. Her arm was all twisted from a car accident that happened uh, uh, 18 months ago. Her, her, the bones started to click in, but like as we're holding her, praying for her, we could feel her arm moving under the skin. It was going back together. She goes back to a specialist completely healed. See, all these things happen, skin cancer, heart conditions, you name it. We saw it happen until one day I'm in this service in 2016 and it's at a conference, 1,100, 1,200 people there. The pastor there goes, hey, we're going to go on a lunch break for this session. Your session's over, we're going to have a lunch break and go off to lunch and but Pastor Daniel's here somewhere. I wasn't there as a speaker or anything. I was just there attending. He's seen a few healings. He's going to pray for anybody who wants to be healed. And I'm like, on the spot, I'm like, really? Me? Right now? Can I be honest? This is an honest church. I wanted lunch too. Um, <laughs> but here I was. I get invited up, come and pray for everybody. Well, guess what? 1,100 people lined up for prayer. And the first person 
they bring down as a girl in a wheelchair. And, you know, I'm a man of faith. But does anyone ever, this is honest church, we've established that. <laughs> does anyone ever hear, feel like you need to warm up just a little bit? <laughs> Being honest, is this honest? Like, come on, is this a real honest church? I'm like, Lord, why a girl in a wheelchair plus, she's convulsing violently. And I'm thinking the first person I'm going to pray for is a girl in a wheelchair. Lord, like seriously, come on, like send me a, an ingrown toenail or a blocked nose or something. We could, we could deal with that. We could un- stick some eucalyptus. I don't know what, we could fix that. Like a girl in a wheelchair convulsing violently. They wheel this girl down, first girl. First person to pray for, she comes up and she could stand, but like it was wobbly and shaky. And I said, can you walk? She said, no, can't walk. Uh, the mother was talking for her. She could barely speak. And she said, mum says, for two and a half years, she's been bound to this wheelchair. She's got this thing called Lyme's disease. I've never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Said she went somewhere, came back, and she's got this, and she's been forever been bathed, been fed for, been clothed by her mother. She can't do one thing by herself. And I said, all right, stand here. I said, you ready to receive? I said, get ready to receive. And I don't know if you've ever prayed for somebody and they're staring right back at you. It's very intimidating. Like millennials, they don't know how to receive anymore. It's like, shut your eyes, bow your head. Yeah. No, anyway, that's a lesson for another day. She's staring right back at me. Said, in the name of Jesus, be still. Like this. And she goes flying, hits the floor, stiff as a board, staring still right back at me. She looks at me and says, do you realise what you've done? I said, I think so. She said, can I get up? I said, of course. She jumps to her feet. She starts screaming at the top of her lungs and everybody's like, what on earth is going on? She runs up and down the stage like three times. She starts running around the building three times. Running around the building three times. Come on, amen, right? <laughs> running around the building. She comes back and, and, and under a wheelchair, she's got some sneakers, runners, actual running shoes. I said, what do you got there? She said, these are my runners. I said, why do you have them? She goes, can I tell you something? Last night I had a dream. She said, I used to be a marathon runner. God says to me last night, take your running shoes because you're going to run again. I said, there's a man coming who has the authority to see you healed. And I was like, really? Can you tell everybody this? Because I've been praying for years and years and years for miracles. And it's the honesty coming back out. I get a... And literally she ran three and a half kilometres back home. And then ran to church again. She does it every single day. She goes back to the doctors. They said, oh, we've seen this before. I said, really? They've seen this before? It'll come back in six months. Six months comes by. Didn't come back. Eight months, 12 months, one year, four years, five years. It's, she's still healed and she's still running. Amen. Come on, give God some glory. Saw so many healings. So many miracles that day, cancer go, you name it, people getting healed, delivered, set free. But I want to tell you, this is all because of digging the wells. I haven't come here to just pray for people and then go and leave. No, I want to equip you with something. Because I tell you what, one day I, I, we'll leave. I'll be, I won't be here. Pastor Phil, he, he's not going to be in your pocket every single day right, going around with you. You need to know how to pray. When the problem arises, who's going to pray? Who's going to believe? So today, 
If you will, I want to show you what I did, what, how I prayed. It's called redigging the wells, the realms of prayer. Let's open up your Bibles. You got your Bibles, Matthew 7, chapter 7. Matthew 7, chapter 7, it says here, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask. First thought, ask. You've got to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You don't have these things in your life, operating in your life, because you've never actually asked for them. You've got to declare something. You've got to speak something out. Oh, well, Pastor, I'm just, I'm just praying on the inside. No, you've got to say something. It's, you've got to declare it. It's the first point. You've got to say something. If you don't say it, you won't have it. The Bible actually declares you'll have whatever you say. So we've got to make sure that we're people that say something, that declare something. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. You've got to make your requests be made known. You've got to say something. I liken this, the, this realm of us to the outer court of the temple. Uh, outer court of Solomon's temple. What you'd notice if, if you were to go there, what it has was wash bowls. As soon as you go in, there's wash bowls. Wash bowls around the outer court. And it's got a, a, an acacia wood uh, uh, altar out the sacrificial altar where people would come and they would atone for their sins. They'd put the, 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 the sacrifice on the altar, pay for their sin. You know what? The sad thing is that most Christians live in this realm of prayer and never go beyond it. Every time they come to God, whether it's for five minutes, whether it's for 15 minutes, whatever it is, they, they walk around this outer court saying, I'm sorry again, Lord. I wash again. Forgive me, Jesus. Would you wash away? Would you wipe away? Would you, would you, would you? And then all of a sudden the time goes past and they say, amen and shut the door and move on. And wonder why 30 years later, still haven't got their answer. Still haven't got their miracle. I've been believing, Pastor. I've been asking. I've been doing what you... There's more realms to be found. Come on, I'm saying there's more realms to be found. Well, uh, you, you just don't understand. I, I, um, I, 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 I just don't have the energy. I'm just feeling weak. I'm just feeling tired. You know, the last two years, what they've done to me and my family and... and, 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 and those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on now. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It doesn't come from Dairy Mutt Jim 24-7. It comes from waiting on the Lord. That's where your strength comes from. It's where your power comes from. Amen. Come on, it's not just about, oh, well, sitting back in my easy chair, recline, watching Netflix and twiddling my fingers going, oh, I'm waiting on the Lord for something to happen. Do you understand what this means when it says waiting on the Lord? Have you ever been to a fancy restaurant? No one. <laughs> one person. <laughs> ever been to a fancy restaurant and they come out and they, this is typical of Melbourne, they start offering you all different types of water. 
Have you ever had this before? And you're like, I thought there was only one kind. But they come out and they start saying, you know, would you like sparkling? That's always the first one because, you know, it costs more. And, and they're like, would you like sparkling? And they're like, oh, yes, I love bubbles in my water and a bit of salt for some reason. There's salt in there. And uh, just bubbles in my water. Yeah, would you, would you like, you know, still water? And you're like, yeah, you know. And then, then they say, would you like some tap water? And you're like, oh, <laughs> no, thank you. I would never let tap water pass my lips. As soon as you get home, you've had a salty meal, you're under the tap. (laughs) Anyone ever done that, right? Can't have it out of your unclean pipes. But they start offering you all these things. and You're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. They put the napkin, they put all these things around you, offer you all these. It's amazing being waited on. It's your service. When was the last time you served in a church? When was the last time you said, listen, I, I, I haven't got my miracle yet. I haven't got my provision yet. I don't even know what I'm called to do, but hey, I'm available. Here I am, send me. I will serve, I will serve Shiloh Church. I'll give my life for it. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen, is this all right? You with me? Come on, let's move quickly to the next realm. It's called realm of seek. And this is the holy place. Everything changes in this realm. You've got the menorah, it's a lampstand. You've got the showbread to your right. It's got, it's got 12 loaves of bread, it speaks of God's provision. He, he, he's renewing constantly, providing for you. And out the front, you've got the gold inlaid incense altar. This is where the sacrifice is made. Are you prepared to pay the price today? Are you prepared to do what it takes to see your family saved? Come on, to see your street saved. See your loved ones saved, this, this region saved, this city saved. Are you prepared? Come on, Queensland saved. Come on, see a great revival. This is where it starts, at the altar. Are you prepared today to do what it takes to see the fires of revival sweep through Queensland? Come on, from Coolangatta all the way to Cape York to see spot fires break out all across every single town, wherever you go. The fires of revival touch the globe. Are you prepared to do what it takes because there's a price to be paid. Oh, Pastor, I thought it was all free. No, grace is free. Everything after that will cost you something. You prepared to do what it takes today. To see people healed. See the miraculous follow you. Signs and wonders follow you. You've got to seek. Everything changes in the realm of seek. You, some of you have been here. I know this is a worshipping church and studios and, and, and all this stuff. But in this realm, everything changes where you, where you start to worship. You stop asking so much, you start hearing more from God. You start crying and weeping, but you're having the best time. Has anyone ever been here before? Right? You're rolling around. <laughs> I don't want to leave. This is amazing. I feel so great. <laughs> yeah? God starts speaking to you about your call, your vision, the plan for your life. It's quite amazing what happens. This is where the anointing, if you steward the anointing, I know this is quite deep, but this is what happens. Everyone, if you get in these meetings, these types of meetings, what happens is an anointing is poured out. But what you'll notice is over a few days, that anointing starts to fade. What you've got to do is you've got to steward that anointing. See, I can't pray for anybody that they receive the gifts of healings. It doesn't work like that. You're given anointing. Are you obedient to that anointing? Will you steward that anointing? God wants to know in the secret place, will you steward that anointing? And when you do, what happens is it collides with the will of God. 
in that secret place. Everything changes, but it doesn't stop here. If I could have the band come, some or keys at least, that would help me make sound more anointed. (laughs) Psalm 141. So let your prayers be like incense. Incense. What happened was, this next realm is the Holy of Holies. And we know now that that veil has been torn. The Bible says the Hebrews come boldly to the throne room. You're welcome in this place. What happens was the priest, the high priest would go in and a puff of incense would go, that's your worship. See, the danger for so many of us Christians is we have such a great time in worship. We say amen and we shut the door. We never actually go on beyond, beyond to the realm that God's calling us to. Because it's not just the realm of knock that I'm talking about. It's the realm of agreement. What happens when you agree with your Heavenly Father? What happens when you stand in agreement with Him? See, Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil. But everywhere He went and prayed for people, He said, I do the will of my Father. So many people say to me, what's the will? Is His will to actually heal me? I'm not sure. Yes, have you read the Gospels? Jesus was the will in action. He was the living, breathing will of God in action on earth. What does that mean for you and I? Greater is He that is in me, right? Than He that is in the world. You will do these things and greater. God wants to see you healed and also use you as a tool to bring healing to others. But you've got to go to these realms in prayer. You've got to spend time in these places. The holy of holies. What happens when you agree with your heavenly Father? It's no longer Kesara, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No. The doctor's report comes back as negative. I stand on the authority of the Word of God and I speak to that, that problem, that sickness. Come on, and I stand, I say, no, it will not be. If the doc, if, even if the teachers come back and say, listen, your son. You know, he's not doing so well at school. He needs to go into this program. That guy, I go, thank you. That's great. But I stand on the Word. And I said, no, he's called. He's going to go to university. He's going to travel the world. He's going to speak in every single nation. His words will come out and they will flow. They won't be started or stopped. I speak over their lives. Whatever situation comes along, I declare it. Now, no, what cancer? No, I stand. In the name of Jesus, I declare it be shriveled up, shrink back, dried out, whatever, come out of that body and leave. I don't accept it. I command it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.